Blog Talk Radio. Okay, apparently the opening isn't playing. <laughs> I could hum in the no, background. I was like, it's awfully quiet. <laughs> so um, let me play an opening real quick so everyone knows what they're listening to. <laughs> Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. All right, so this is Tamara Luna, and we still have a few more people calling in, but this is the Tree of Life Hour, and the Tree of Life Hour is brought to you by the Tree of Life Community Center, a group, a nonprofit group of people in Louisville, Kentucky, that are trying to create space for people of earth-based religions and philosophies, and our show is all about the community and things we think the pagan community should be talking about. And um, tonight's show... We are going to be discussing, and I'm sure everyone's seen someone posted on their Facebook, um, like the meme, or how do you say it, meme, meme, how do you say it? Meme. I think, meme. Meme, meme, meme. So anyway, the pictures (laughs) uh, going around where it says uh, God should be back in school or this wouldn't happen if we still taught God taught God in school, stuff like that. Uh, And I know personally I've had it being, having family family and friends actually post the name. And I personally am not sure how to handle it. Like, because some of these people are people I really care about and I really just don't want to start an argument. And I think Byron has joined us. Um, Dee from Saluna Productions is on with me right now. She's going to answer the question a moment ago. Um, and I think Byron is there. Is that Byron? I'm here. Hi, everybody. Yay. And then I think Lady Vanessa has joined us. Yes. All right. So before we actually get into discussion, um, just let's let everyone know who you all are. So, Dee, since you called in first, tell everyone who you are. Everybody a little bit oh, better. man, you, you always make me go first. Hi, everybody. <laughs> My name is Dee Norman. I'm one half of Still Luna Productions. Um, we're a small little home-run business, and we um, do we teach classes on esoteric and occult subjects like uh, hermeticism and tarot and magic. Um, I'm an esoteric practitioner and ceremonial magician. Uh, and I started my practice uh, when I was around 11 years old with my family's folk magical practice. And take it away, next victim. Okay, Byron, why don't you take away? You're next. <laughs> I'm taking it away, but I refuse to be a victim. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Byron Ballard. I am um, I'm a writer. I'm a teacher. I'm a ceremonialist. I um, am the village witch of my town, which is Asheville, North Carolina. I, um, I do a lot of different things. I'm the senior priestess, elder priestess at Mother Grove Goddess Temple. And I sing with a group called the Revelators sometimes. And I'm just generally around doing the witchy stuff. My field is Appalachian folk magic. 
and I've been uh, practicing that for ooh, half a century and um, writing about it for a little bit less than that. So that's me. Lady Vanessa, it's your turn. Hello, everyone. I am. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been a practitioner of um, gardening and Wicca for, oh gosh, 37 plus years now. Um, and I also help with Pagan Pride Day here in Louisville. Um, additionally, teach classes, read tarot, and make some esoteric jewelry and ornaments, which are in a few shops around town and outside of town, too, including um, Silver Wolf Gifts in Independence, Kentucky, as well as Sunstones here in Louisville and J&B Gallery. The... uh, in the past, I've done outreach with Leo Magazine as well as um, Courier Journal to uh, acquaint the general populace with some of what pagans do, which is really broad, but <laughs> you, you do what you can to, to get a good um, image in the public mind and to share that. Okay. And um, so, do your radio um, show. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said that, and it's I do hard, your radio show. To let everyone know out there, it can be really difficult doing a radio show with everyone on the phone because then you talk over each other really simply, <laughs> really easy. <laughs> so um, the first thing I want to address um, is everyone's on Facebook. Um, we'll talk about the political stuff here in a little bit, but Everyone, and I don't know if you all heard my intro, but I was talking about how I personally have family and friends that have posted the meme talking about, well, the shootings are happening because we're not, you know, we don't let God in school anymore. Uh, Ever since they passed the law in the 60s saying that we couldn't have prayer, we couldn't have uh, Bible readings and stuff in school That's when everything started going downhill That's the difference between today And then when people used to even carry knives In the school and have Guns in the back of their cars And on the back of their truck for hunting And that that's what the only difference Is now And honestly I'm Personally not even sure how to handle it Because these are people I care about I- I'm not sure how to address the issue so, um, let's see. Byron, do you have any advice since you were the second person to call in? I already put me on the spot. <laughs> no, no, I am happy to be put on the spot because that meme has come across my feed more often than not. And and here's the thing. I've been fighting this fight for so long, I don't even get pissed off mm-hmm. anymore. Nope. So what you need to know, you need to know what the First Amendment says. And you need to be able to say to these people who are afraid, I mean, don't don't take the snark route. I, I mean, I don't recommend that. A lot of people I know love to be sarcastic and, and overly clever. And frankly, you're just going to hurt people. And Rachel, if these are people that you love, you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to talk down to them and make them feel stupid. You don't want to do any of that. You want to, I think you want to handle it. Gently and with love and hope that maybe they get it. The reality is prayer is completely allowed in public school settings. 
as long as it's a student-directed prayer. So any student in any public school setting can pray to whoever they want to pray to. That is absolutely legal. And if anybody tells you that it's not legal, then they don't know the law. That is legal. So the stupid meme, and I will call it a stupid meme, which said, well, dear God, why would you allow this in school? And God answers, I'm not allowed in school. Well, that's just simply crap. And it's, a des- it's designed to scare people who, for whom religion is terribly important and who feel marginalized in the current culture. So number one, it's absolutely legal. Absolutely. What is not legal in a public school that your tax dollars and my tax dollars pay for is for a teacher or a coach or any other member of the school staff, the janitor, any other member of the school staff is acting as an agent of the state. They are not allowed to lead your children in prayer, period. And that's where it breaks down. So the teacher can't come in in the morning and say, all right, everyone, please fold your hands and bow your heads. Dear Jesus, let us have a really good day at school today. In your name we pray, amen. That's illegal. But if little Bobby comes in in the morning and sits down and puts his little hands together and prays, dear God, let me pass the math test today, even if he says it out loud, Even if he gets five or six of his friends to pray it with him, that is not illegal. It is absolutely allowed. The only thing that would not be allowed of that is if it disrupted the educational day. That's the only problem with it. So if he wants to get everybody in the class singing, singing gospel music and praying when they should be taking their math test, that's disruptive. And somebody, somebody will have to go to the principal's office. That's just as simple as that. But, yeah, it's really clear, and any time it, it starts to get fuzzy, it's because somebody has an agenda. And that has been my experience again and again and again. So I've held forth for quite a while. Um, I will stop now and let other people chime in. Okay. Um, Lady Vanessa, do you have any advice? Well, certainly um, am all for everything Byron said and agree with it, having worked in the school system and uh, I concur completely. And there are quite a few in Louisville, even public school groups where the students do lead and organize, but the teachers can't really have it overly formal because they can't have a special time or session. It just kind of has to be spontaneous, I guess. So they, it's very loose, but there are groups that do pray and have uh, have prayer. I never really have any qualms to say about that. Students are always young. Young people are always to me a lot of fun and interesting, no matter what their beliefs are. I enjoy the <laughs> school day. I have enjoyed the school day very much working with the teens. Um, I found them delightful. I'm sitting here kind of going over my Pagans and the Law book um, that mm. I have. And, um, you know, it, it mostly is just concerned about First Amendment and says, you know, get an attorney. <laughs> if you have problems, if you feel like you've been violated, the memes out there don't violate me. I mean, just 
the way they are. I don't have, I guess, um, uh, Samara Luna, I don't have people close to me who um, propagate that kind of meme, you know, the, the negative meme of God's not, not allowed in the classroom. Uh, I like to think that's because you all are so brilliant. You know that that's not entirely accurate, right? So um, my friends, they they don't really have that. I have seen that meme because then somebody snarks at it uh, mm-hmm. in a private Facebook feed, nothing particularly public. But uh, there's very little more, in my opinion, to elaborate on that other than um, it has nothing to do with what happened, having or not having, you know, in the classroom in Florida and all over the United States where these horrible atrocities are occurring has nothing to do with the issue at hand. Um, That's not anything yeah. and that that of course is the basis of the the problem is that it's the it that's prayer all the prayers in the world aren't going to make that stop some action to be taken so i do want to add this if i may though that um if you are a parent in a minority religion whose child is in that minority religion you really have to yep. keep your eyes open because even though yep. it is illegal it happens all the time. I live in the South. I live on the buckle of the Bible belt. And we are constantly having to monitor what is going on here because there's always some coach who wants to start the basketball game in a huddle and make everybody pray to Jesus. And mostly around here, that's okay because that's who everybody prays to. But at the point where that gets made public, then that's a problem. So I just want to tell tell all the minority faith parents out there just to keep your eyes open and you don't have to be hysterical about it. You can be pretty firm and, and go straight to the principal and explain what's going on. And then if you're not listened to, then you can, then you can really kick some butt. But until then, just know that most people in the setting in this nation, the default setting for our corporate religion is Christianity, is Protestant Christianity. And so there are plenty of people who just don't see anything wrong with it. We, we start school, uh, school board meetings here, and I used to attend those with some regularity. They finally had to start them with a moment of silence because they couldn't start with a prayer. But then they do the thing of, now everyone bow your head for the moment of silence. Well, that's not how you do a moment of silence, my friends. That's how you do a prayer. So just keep your eyes open. Listen to your kids. Listen to your kids' friends. Yes, but those those, uh, passive-aggressive things like bow your head for a moment of silence, that was very clever um, in a Mm passive-aggressive way. (laughs) Doing that, it it becomes difficult, if not impossible, to um, even begin to say that you're upset about that or why. Right. Yeah, it's out of... um, it's it's beyond verbal. You can't yeah. pin it down verbally. So yeah, and it's it, pretty it's innocuous because who's yeah because yeah. who's going to say who's going to say well why can't you bow your head for a moment of silence? You're just being one of those obnoxious you know fill in the blanks. <laughs> Where's Dee? Uh, Dee, do you have anything to add? I do. I do have a bit to add and. 
Um, part of what I want to talk about, and this kind of reinforces what both of the other, um, shall I call them panelists, have already talked about. But, you know, when, when someone shares something like that with me, um, I first take a step back and realize that here is an easy answer to an upsetting situation. You know, yeah. here it's horrific. And it's both an easy answer and it's a misdirection from the more complex issues that need to be addressed, issues like mental health, issues like gun control, where people aren't 100% sure where, where others are going to fall on what side of the line when it comes to public health, mental health issues, gun control issues. But a lot of people feel really confident and, hey, we're all, you know, we're all on the same side of religiously because they just don't stop to think that those close to them may not share their religious beliefs. Mm. So, so, you know, you can redirect what I like to do <laughs> is redirect the conversation and say, Oh, it's nice to think about, um, you know, morals in our modern society and what they may and may not say about how children behave in school. But my concerns are these public mental health issues and are people being cared for the way they need to be cared for with mental and physical health so that they're not pushed to the edge and do these horrific acts. You know, it's my concern to talk about these gun control issues and kind of turn the situation, turn the topic back to what the real issue is, you know, because these memes make up a false dichotomy, the Christians against everybody else. Yes. Right. And that's not necessarily, we're not necessarily on the opposite sides of of this issue of what happened in Florida and what happened in Colorado and what happened in Las Vegas and what happened in Sandy Hook and all those other places. There's quite a few of us that no matter what our religion is, we're all on the same side and we want it to stop. So the divisiveness of the means erodes the common, the possible common ground that's there. So how do we turn the conversation and say, you know what? I bet if you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, pagan, or whatever variety of pagan you want to insert in there, you, you don't want it to happen again. So let's talk about that. Right. Right. I know personally – the the whole you brought the, the division and I, it is causing a division because it it did kind of make me feel separate from my friends and family that were posting it. It kind of made me feel like, well, then what about me? You know, does that just leave me out? Does I mean, does that mean that? I mean, it, it's hurt. I mean, and they and I'm sure they don't realize that sharing that hurt me, but in a way it did, especially when some of these are people that are really close to me. And so I, it was I just, that's what, that's what got to me is I was just like, wait a minute, how am I supposed to take this from you? Right. And I don't think, again, I don't think people think, I don't think people to consider. They consider the majority and they don't stop to go, I wonder how many of my friends aren't Christian. Yeah. No, I, most people <laughs> just don't think that way. Nope. Well, well, no, because it really is the default setting. There is an assumption that everybody is some kind of Christian because it was that way for so long. 
But I think that's a really good point, the kind of getting past what the meme is trying to do and really get to the guts of it and say, so why does this happen? Can we, can we brainstorm that? Can we talk about that? Because a, a friend from high school and I were discussing that on Facebook and saying, look, when we were in high school, it was easy to see guns because everybody had a truck in the parking lot. And at lunch, you could go out and you could see their gun because they would have a rifle and a shotgun or whatever. And we just we were country kids. Everybody had a gun. But nobody took a gun into the school. So what's the difference? Well, I mean, that's what we have to figure out. What's the difference? Well, I mean, personally, with the way that I grew up, well, I don't know if bullying's really that much different because uh, if you look back, there used to be, I mean, there's always been fights. There's always been bullying. But at the same time, when people did have guns around a lot or even in the back of their truck for hunting, they were taught to respect them. They were taught how to use them and how you shouldn't use them and be respectful of the guns, be respectful of other lives. And now you can go out and get one so easy, and there's no one really to show you how you should handle a gun, what you should do with a gun, that in some of the guns that are bought now are so much more destructive. That it just, I don't know if that's part of it. Um, Another big difference is social media, so maybe part of that does have to do with bullying or desensitization of violence, you know, because stuff's always being posted on social media and the Internet. Uh, Or maybe it's just a culmination of everything. Well, and I suspect it's not one answer. It's not one answer. It's a handful of answers. And we love a silver bullet. We love for somebody to say, it's this thing right here, let's fix this. But I think you're right. It's it's mental health care because we have mental health care in this country is is horrifically absent, especially if you are a person without income, without much income. So it's got to be one of the issues. The firepower itself has to be one of the issues. So there are there are a bunch of issues that if we could just talk to each other we might be able to discover the answer instead of building ramparts and standing behind them and shouting at each other. And I will say too, I will chime in about, about that dis- divisiveness and, you know, it's made pretty apparent that right now there are forces at play politically that are working hard to divide people in the United States. There's, you know, all the information that's coming out about the Twitter bot farms and the memes and the organizations that were put up on Facebook that didn't come from anywhere within this country that were Mm -hmm. made to divide power bases during the election. And that's still happening. And that will continue to happen. And so when we see things online, you have to keep in mind that when you see something that is particularly dismissive, you know, who does it benefit to keep people divided over an issue? that causes such unrest and unease within our country and and within our communities. You know, it doesn't benefit anyone within our communities to keep people at loggerheads with each other. Beautifully said. Thanks. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot out there that's dividing people here lately. (laughs) 
There was a meme. There was a meme or something that was going around, and my jaw was on the floor when I read it. I, I, I shared it briefly, and I realized, you know, I don't even want to give this the time of day, so I took it down. Um, that said, I'm a student or a fellow student of this violence, and I accept um, no responsibility for um, their actions at all, which, you know, they don't. But it all, it, the claim behind it, it went further. I can't remember. It was more than a meme, obviously. I can't remember exactly, but it was. That student's outburst, the result of whatever, has nothing to do with me. It was really harsh. It, it was, we don't have to, it was It was very, I don't know, very current in some ways. An attitude that kind of reflects a harshness that can be out there um, in communities. That said, the, the idea was that I don't have to be nice to you. I don't have to, I can, in fact, I can be cruel to you, and your reaction is not my responsibility. And I suppose that's true, you know, passive-aggressive behavior, much less name-calling, is is everywhere. But it's sad that our children, our young people, are saying these things, if they were really. I mean, I did not check the authenticity of the meme, but... It's sad that people think that way, that there's such a state where we feel we have to be cruel and be mean to each other or take, you know, no, no, um, put out no effort to build community. And there's a no responsibility, no, no responsibility for community building, um, in the schools. And I'm not sure that the best place for our our young people's heads to be. I think that you know it's best that they understand we're all in this we're on this mothership earth together not not to hurt each other tear each other apart. That's not that's not conducive to a better life. But somehow that's kind of what that that particular piece I read suggested that it's not my fault. I don't care what, you know, what they did, their reaction. And that's, on one level, I understand that. I don't want a young person to go around with that guilt all their life, but you you do need to build community and work together with your friends and, and coworkers and colleagues at all levels. So, best to do that. <laughs> I think it's particularly hard for people, pagan people, because we spend so much time on community, working yes. on community, weaving community. It's it's like one of the biggest things any of us do. And so to hear people take that for granted, right? It just it's it's disheartening. It is it's heartbreaking. It is. <clears throat> right. Uh, well, uh, it's time to take a break. So I'm going to play a song, and then when we come back, we will address some of the political issues that are now uh, going along the lines of putting God back in school and the government. So um, I'm going to play a song by Sharon Knight, and it is called Whisper Your Name. So we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
I don't guess we can hear each other during this break, can we?
this is Ravenfire Doll with the Tree of Life Hour. I know a lot of you out there listen to our show in the archives. And have you ever thought when you were listening in the archives, man, I wish I was able to call in and talk to them while they had a guest on or they were talking about something? Well, now here's your chance. This is especially for you, our archive listeners. If you want to ever add to our conversation, please feel free to dial us on our listener voicemail line. That number is area code 502 276-5665. Tell us your name. Tell us where you're from. Leave your message in your lovely, lovely voice, and we will be more than happy to play it on an upcoming episode of the Tree of Life Hour. We love our listeners, and we thank y'all very much for listening to us. And that was Raven Fire speaking, who was not able to join us tonight, but I do have Byron Ballard. From Solon and Productions, and Lady Vanessa from here in Louisville, uh, on with me tonight. And we have been discussing. Uh, well, the first half of the show, we were discussing um, people sharing the name put God back in school, but that's the reason why some of the gun violence is happening and such. Now, I want to address um, some of the political aspects of what's going on. Uh, so, I don't know if you all have heard, but Florida has passed a law. Um, They just passed a law to put in God we trust uh, signs in classrooms and in government buildings. Um, Have you heard about that, Lady Vanessa? No, I haven't. I heard that in Florida they – I I have not heard that. I heard in Florida that they actually voted or it's on the – in the make in the workings and plan it's probably going to pass that they are actually going to have a a wait period for purchasing certain weapons, which is what I heard about Florida. That's kind of positive. I hadn't heard what you just said. I don't think that's going to last. I find it hard to believe that's accurate. Who posted that? Do, do you know what was it like? Reuters um, well, it, or what? It was done, um, it's actually multiple sites have posted about it, um, and it was passed February, mm. let's see, February 22nd, it was passed with the over, it says overwhelming approval 97 to 10, and one of the quotes from one of the people says that we cannot put God in a closet when the issue we face are bigger than us. Um, or she said, let's see, oh, and by the way, uh, who was it that said it? Daniels. Uh, Daniels. Who is Daniels? Kim Daniels, a Jacksonville Democrat with her own ministry. Um, she said, we cannot put God in the closet when the issues we face are bigger than us. She said, urging colleagues to back the bill. Um, Daniels has also placed the blame for the shooting on video games that train young minds to kill. And, yeah. Uh, she also stated that in speaking about God, Daniel says he is not a Republican or a Democrat. He is not black or white. He is light, and our schools need light in them like never before. <laughs> but he's definitely a he. Don't miss that. <laughs> we don't know what color he is, but we can tell you right now he's a boy. Um, well, yes. According to what I'm reading right now on the Orlando Sentinel, that has not passed yet. It's um oh, I actually found under, a couple of them that said that it had passed. Huh. Did it pass maybe one house they, but not the they other? Had, yeah, the they advanced 
Yeah, they advanced the bill from one to another, exactly what it looks like. And it's still in the legislature um, uh, that, yeah, that it's still, yeah, two days ago. If they, every public school would need to display that in a conspicuous place, and that will soon be on the governor's desk. Um, wow. It said we'll before see. the Hill House passed it, so I guess at this point it's for the government or the governor to sign it. Looks, that's what I'm seeing here, I believe. Yes, it looks like that's what okay. It, so but. it's passed, but it hasn't been signed into law yet. Right. And. Um, yeah, it, it did pass the House in, on February 22nd, but uh, that's that's it's not it's not law yet. But that that's strange. The things that I I had been seeing about Florida had to do with wait times for purchasing weapons and things like that, which I thought was a positive move. And I believe that was a New York Times. So. Right. Well, another um, article I found, and this one was written by um, the Sacramento Bee, whatever, I guess that's one of their things, but it isn't about Sacramento, it's about Wyoming. Um, It says a bill that would allow for display in God We Trust placards, and this was actually written on the 6th of this month, in Wyoming public school classrooms and state government buildings is advancing through state legislature. Um, it now goes to the full House for floor debate and has already passed the Senate. So they're also right. wanting to put in God we trust. Uh, but uh, and a lot of, and I think part of the reason these are getting passed is because everyone's saying it is the nation's motto and it's displayed on the federal buildings as well as U.S. currency. Okay. Wyoming panel endorses bill to display in God we trust. So, yeah, um, it's just a panel. It hasn't been brought up for, you know, this stuff is not going to hold up in court. A challenge is going to crumble. It's going to crumble. Yeah. Well, and if it doesn't doesn't crumble there, the Church of Satan will find some way to work around it. Man, those folks are on it. I just love it. Aren't they, 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 they? I call them the political Satanists. They're fabulous. The work that they're yeah. doing, the outreach, to make the point is so important. They, they certainly, they certainly have have guts to go out there and, and do what they're doing. So yeah. I'm, I'm not a Satanist, but I, I respect the fact that they're willing to um, be one on a political level because. Mm-hmm. The, the, Christian doesn't really understand what they are, but we're not going to go into that. But anyway, they yeah, they're doing a very good job. I have to agree with you. They will. Well, there's a new, name, there's a new meme going around on them that, and this is all subject, there's a new meme going around on them that it's something about, um, someone said something about, I guess, um, child pedophile or something like that. And their response to that was, um, we have zero tolerance if we hear from the authorities that you have done something, you will be banned. And if we find out you've done something, we will ban you and then notify the authorities. Right. Right. No, they they, they don't. They're hedonistic, but they're not like that. <laughs> That's not what they're about. 
So, yeah, I, and I, they've made that very plain. And the statue that they made for, where was that, o- Oklahoma, Nebraska, the statue they made to do, be displayed that they never actually had to display, uh, I think reflects their ideas about that very clearly with the children around um, Baphomet. So it's very lovely if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen the real one, just pictures. So, Dee, you've been quiet. I have been quiet. Um, I do know <laughs> that the latest and greatest for the Satanic Temple is they're taking the uh, city of Scottsdale, Arizona, to court because the twice they have been disallowed to open the city council um, meeting with a Satanic prayer. So that's kind of cool. So they're taking uh, that that city council to court and suing for the right. Um but, um, you know, when it comes to this uh, political stuff, uh, on a wider scale, uh, something that happened in uh, 2017, but, but, but during Trump's presidency, I will just bring this up. Uh, Trump's going after, said he would go after during the National Prayer Breakfast when he attended it. He said he would go after the Johnson Amendment which he actually he said he would totally destroy the Johnson Amendment. And what the Johnson Amendment does is it prevents nonprofit organizations like churches from contributing to campaign funding and endorsing or opposing political candidates. Right. So it makes a big black hole. If the Johnson Amendment went away, then people wanting to fund a particular candidate could funnel all of their money through a nonprofit, and then the nonprofit could – donate that money to the candidate, and since there's no records kept of who donates to a nonprofit, there's no records kept of what's donated to the candidate. So, um, you know, it makes for some really scary, murky political waters there on on the the wider political scene. But, you know, so we're looking at an undermining of, of political transparency and freedom on more than just that localized level. Um, but I think it's all symptomatic of, of the wider national picture right now. So that's what I was saying. So, um, yeah, and I hadn't even thought about that aspect of, of the amendment because we had talked about on the show before, but we talked about more of the, the details, and I hadn't thought about that, you know, background with, the donations not being tracked as far as the specific person it came from, if it goes through that. But um, one more thing I wanted to bring up before we end the show tonight um, is the state of Kentucky has um, is now going to try to implement Bible literature classes. Right. They will be elective. Right. <laughs> they are the ACLU is actually watching this very closely. They say um, they will be elective classes. The teacher can teach the class as a literacy thing, and like part of the bill was to teach it as a literacy thing and a culture thing to kind of show how the Bible influences culture and blah blah blah. Um, so they are watching that. Uh, to make sure that it does not become the teacher's preaching. Um, it I do know that one, <laughs> and will. they've actually sent out letters because a lot of places have not implemented it yet, and they like send out letters to different um, 
Let's see, what did they say? They said in an ACLU letter sent January 5th, 2018, it is explained that the organization sent records requests to every Kentucky school district re- requesting documentation on offered Bible literacy courses. The vast majority of the schools currently don't offer the course. Um, several schools do offer such class. And it says there appear to be serious fundamental and constitutional issues with these courses. Um, in McCracken County, students were encouraged to read the book of Philippines to learn about anxiety and coping skills. Uh, according to the letter, it is not constitutional for schools to use religious material to serve non-religious interests. Uh, students in Barron County were, were to write to family members and attempt to persuade them to appreciate the faith and religious heritage found in exhibits at the South Central Kentucky Cultural Center. Um, and according to ACLU, this is considered proselytizing. Um, and then let's see, Lexture County Bible electives are taught using lessons and worksheets from an online database called Teen Sunday School Place. Um, and students in Lecture County and McCracken County have been expected to memorize Bible verses for assignments and quizzes, not to analyze the verse for deeper meanings and influence. And in Lewis right. County's Bible literacy class, ACLU found that the teacher relied on her students to shape the course since the Kentucky Department of Education has not yet finalized standards for these courses. Of course not. <laughs> so... This is what is going on in the world right now. So, okay, first of all, do you all want to address the Bible literacy? And then we can go on to, like, what we can do about it with contacting people and such. So, Byron, you want to go first? The the core – yeah, go, Byron. Go on. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's a really common dodge in public schools. But it's just the Bible is literature. It's a literature class. It's not religion. It's not whatever. And so – Again, you just have to keep – and if the ACLU is on it, the state, ACLU, and also the national, they'll keep an eye on it, and that's really about the best you can do because, honestly, the Bible is great literature, and if they actually teach it as literature, that's cool, but they never do. <laughs> that's never the point of that class. So, yeah, just um, monitoring it, parent groups, if you've got a parent who could go and actually – sit in on the class that's helpful but yeah it's a it's a pretty common thing okay. and uh lady you were going to say something yes I, I also have seen what you were referencing go by on the media in the media and my personal feeling is that it will not as byron said it will not stay as a literature course and it already hasn't uh, which is some of what you were talking about in, in the the piece you were reading. So that being the case, I think they really need to let it go because soon enough, if they do their job, we will have people saying, well, we're going to have the Koran as literature, the Koran as literature, rather, I'm sorry, or um, the Satanic Bible as literature. And they, too, have some really great and important um, world uh, influences. So, you know, I just, and, and great psychology and all those things. So, well, and, you know. and you've struck on, you've, you've hit the answer on how to stop a class like this is that you get a group of people to offer the Koran as literature and then they'll shut all of it down. Right. And it, it will happen. 
in Louisville, I can see that happening easily. There's a big enough um, a big enough con- uh, contingent of scholars in Islam in Louisville. That that's going to happen. Nice. That will happen. That will happen here. What about Dee? What what are your thoughts? I only wish that they would teach the Bible as literature because that's the <laughs> fastest way to convince people that it's not the direct transmission of the Word of God. If you want to start studying the Bible as literature, look at the different hands and voices and fragments that it was actually cobbled together from. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, the, the thing to do is, again, to fight it with, uh, the law of the land and the law of the land and our first amendment tells us that um, you know if, if one religion's uh, text can be taught as literature then all religions texts can be taught as literature and um, then it takes the individuals that are willing to go forth and do that uh, either to just add those options to the menu or to um, scare people enough into shutting programs like that down because if those programs are disingenuous and they're meant to promote just one form of religion, then they should be shut down. I, I'm, I'm all for teaching Wiccan BOS as literature. That'd be great. I'm, I'm there. I, I will be happy oh, to stand up. Oh, um, I am so not, not there. I've read way too many BOSs to think of that they're literature. <laughs> <laughs> there is some, some beautiful poetry in what Doreen Valiente and some of the other folks have written, the original Charge of the Goddess. Um, is quite lovely, but my point is that yeah, it it wouldn't fly <laughs> um, to stick with a Wiccan uh, metaphor. It wouldn't fly, but but um, I actually do think there's some some really great literature out there in Wiccan the Wiccan world. So not that it's all good, but there's some good stuff. I will say I that, that some classroom. of the best classes. <laughs> really. Oops, sorry. <laughs> that what I was going to say is I will say that two of the best classes that I took in college, my first two years of college, one was at a private a private Lutheran university at that in Northern Indiana, Valparaiso. I took a uh, you had to, it was a required course there to take a religions course. And I took a uh, a religion of course where she analyzed the Bible. She talked about how many times it was rewritten uh, and translated. I mean, this she she didn't hold back. She was honest and told you exactly what she thought in her interpretations and and everything. Now, um, the second class it was actually a, a English class based on religious literature um, that we went, we didn't read the Bible, uh, but we, we, it was like other religions. And we actually ended up going to like to, to the, um, we went to the Buddhist temple, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Buddhist temples over in Louisville as like an outing. And those were like two of the best. I mean, we had great conversations in those classes uh, no one got in each other's face about anything. Uh, I hadn't actually become pagan yet at the time, but I was not Christian anymore. I was agnostic. I was just kind of, you know, searching and doubting everything at the time. But if we were really to have, like, classes like that in the school, I wouldn't have a problem with it if they stayed like that. 
that I think there's too probably too many parents that, out there that are gung-ho Christian that are against that. So you're talking about comparative comparative world religious study, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole other animal. And, yes, they teach it in college, uh, of course, and pretty much every university, I think, offers something like that that I'm aware of, so, or most of them. UofL does, or always did. Um, Part of humanity. Um, so, uh, real quick, because I am not the political person, and Ravenfire is, and I suck at this. What are your thoughts on who should be contacted and um, how we can put our two cents into our representatives for this? Dee, um, I know you want to share your thoughts on that. Oh, my goodness. Give me a moment to look up my Tennessee. Well, go. It's, it's easy. Here's the easy answer. Wherever you're listening, go online. And look up your state representatives and look up your district representatives. And, and a lot of times you can work better, faster, easier, and have more impact with your local government. So look up your city government and your city councils and your local PTA boards and stuff like that and, and start, start local and start close by. And I think that's more useful information than, than giving you a name um, because it depends on, on who, where you're listening from. So, you know, it doesn't take but a bit of Googling to find out who your reps are, um, both locally within your city and within your state, uh, to, to, to make an impact and make your voice heard. Mm-hmm. Well, Vanessa, any suggestions from you? Well, that is, of course, a great answer, and I totally agree with that. I also might want to add, it doesn't hurt, to... Um, Put your your opinions about situations like the gun law issue, lack of gun laws, out there uh, in public media. You don't have to be snarky, as Byron points out. Just put out a simple statement about guns aren't under control. We that's not what the founding fathers meant, you know, by. <clears throat> A well, um, well armed, well not well about by the militia. That's not what they meant. Were um, rapid fire machine guns? Nope, don't think so. So, talking about that and starting conversations with your your friends and family and putting that out on public media is certainly valid. So that's also something to do. Get get your sentiments heard. Get people thinking about it because everybody's thinking about it right now. Let's not let that ball drop. Yeah. Um, put your Brian, town your town yeah put your put your town council, your sheriff, your governor, your mayor, your representatives put their put their names and numbers in your phone. So when you're sitting at that really long light and you're really ticked off about something, you can just hit a number, and you can call them while you're sitting there and go, oh, President Trump, yeah, let me tell you what I have to say about that. And it, you will be amazed at how much, how freeing it is. I mean, my right. representatives are diehard Republicans. I call them all the time and just say, oh, it's me again. I didn't like what you just <laughs> did. Why are you such a jerk? 
<laughs> don't threaten them. They don't like to be threatened. But, yeah, just call them up. Let them know all the time. Be the squeaky wheel. Right, and apparently well, there's some kind of um, team app that will either text you as a reminder um, or will, like, if you send them something, they'll send it on to your representative or something. Um, I'm not sure what the name of the app is, but I know I've seen a lot of people share it on Facebook. I, I get a couple of those, and it it does help because they give you – uh, automated access to phone numbers, some of the, the better ones do, because there's quite a few of them out there. Um, and I can't think of the name of them either, and I don't have them right now because I've erased mm. them for this today. But they do. They, they call one. for – go ahead. One good one is dailyaction.org. That's yeah, one of the that ones that you can sign up for. Um, so it, you can go to dailyaction.org or you can text the word daily to 228-466. They're one of the better ones, and I get them. And they will, they they have the numbers in there. So when they ask you what your state is, they will filter all that for you. You don't really have to do much and send your message. They'll give you a message that you can use if you want to personalize it. You can do that. It's Pretty neat technology. It really is. Mm-hmm. But it gets I your that. work. Sorry. It gets it gets you heard quickly. Right. So we are at the end of the show. Um, so I'm going to start with Byron this time. Uh, Byron, do you want to have any closing messages? And you, can you tell everyone how to reach you or what events you have coming up? Yes, they can reach me at my website, which is myvillagewitch.com. <clears throat> the email, therefore, is, is info at myvillagewitch.com. The, um, I start traveling next week. I'm going to be at the Sacred Space Conference in Maryland which I love. It's one of my favorites, teaching a couple of classes there. I've got a new book that will be coming out, we hope, around Beltane, and it's all about tower time, that thing I've been talking about for 10 years. It's called Earthworks, and you will see that on social media. I am almost always on Facebook, occasionally on Twitter, rarely on Instagram, under my name, Byron Ballard. And my final thoughts are, it's a republic if we can keep it. And and our duty as citizens is to do our best to be good citizens if we choose to keep the form of government we have. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about uh, D? You're next. All right. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook at Soul Luna Productions. If you search for me, you will find me uh, there. Uh, or you can hit our website, which is soul at luna.net that's s-o-l dash e-t dash l-u-n-a dot net uh, those are the two easiest fastest ways to find me um, or my partner and then we have a class coming up way off on April 7th which is a Saturday um, at Infinity Magic 
which is in Columbia, Tennessee. From 1 to 3, I will be presenting Practical Protection Magic, um, which includes information about the evil eye. So we're getting back in the saddle with classes. I'm really looking forward to it. All right. And Lady Vanessa, tell everyone where they can, if they need to reach you or any events you have coming up. I'm going to segue out of D's. D, I hope to find you and Brent up in Louisville in September teaching classes, too, for Pagan Pride Day here. So look oh, forward yes, to that. Of course. <laughs> look forward to that. Okay. Yes, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Saturday. <laughs> I'm a day ahead of myself. Saturday, uh, I'll be at uh, the Dark Market at uh, <clears throat> here in Louisville on Shelby Street at – yeah. Uh, and you can find that on Facebook. We'll be uh, there'll be a lot of fabulous artists, um, and as well as live music in the evening. And um, then see, we've got um, a new store has just opened called Sunstones here in Louisville, uh, and that can be found at. It's 12.05 and a half South 6th Street, right at, near the corner of Oak and 6th, next to Unorthodox. So there's some really, uh, a pair of very cool stores, and they're not owned by the same women, but they share um, a doorway interior so you can roam from one store to the next and just enjoy your time there looking at the different things. But Sunstones is rocks and things. And I will be there on Sunday. Tending the store and also offering tarot readings. If anyone's interested, please come out and see us then. Is that Sharice's new place? That is Sharice's place. Um, and just like right now, Sharice is a local um, lady here in Louisville that um, she also makes some jewelry and such um, mm-hmm. that sells different um, stones and crystals here in the Louisville, Kentucky area, and she does beautiful work. And she has a lot of, lots of different stones if you, or anything that you might need. She does. She does. Got back, of, gosh, three or four weeks ago from Big Show out in out west and brought literally ton, <laughs> a ton of rocks back. So there's lots of great things. Yay. Pick from. All right. Well, I want to thank all three of you for coming on tonight. And um, I'm actually going to do upcoming events now. Um, so if you all want to go, you can. But again, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Good night. Thank thanks. You. All right. Good night, everyone. All right. So I am going to go through now and tell everybody the events that I have on my calendar that are coming up and then play a song. And then this weird road will be on afterwards. So please stay and listen to the guys tonight. Tonight's show is about being heathen in the workplace. So stick around and listen to that. So as far as what is going on, um, let's see. Uh, I had something on my calendar. and just disappeared. Oh, uh, well, that's today, and it's already happened, and it's ended, so I guess you all don't care about that. Sorry. Uh, 
So Divination share a special guest at Draconis Arcanum with uh, Mandy Perez, Saturday, March 10th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Then we have Spiritual Archaeology is Monday, March 12th at Six and Stones here in Louisville, Kentucky, 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And then let's see, uh, Pagan Alliance of Kentuckiana is having their March meetup, March 13th, Tuesday at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, and then Our Haven Nature Sanctuary is having an egg dying adventure March 17th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. That is at Our Haven Nature Sanctuary in French Lick, Indiana. Uh, the Appalachian Folk Magic class, just to remind everyone, is sold out at Aroma Gregory Soap and Tea Company in Nashville, Tennessee. And that was on March 17th, 3 to 4.30 p.m. I'm just letting everybody know because we had been announcing it. So I just want everybody to know that it is sold out. And then I have the Great Egg Hunt and Barbecue at Our Haven Nature Sanctuary, March 24th, 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. in French Lick, Indiana. And then Friday, March 30th, we have Returning Home, The Magic of Living in a Sacred World. And that is with Phyllis Crott. Um, she is going to be March 30th through April 1st, it says. Uh, it says 4 p.m. to 1 p.m. So I'm not sure if the class really goes all night or what. But that is at Rowe Center in Rowe, Massachusetts. Um, more information at rowcenter.org. Um, let's see, there's Embrace Your Spirit Psychic Fair, March 31st, uh, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. It's Louisville Spiritualist Center here in Louisville, Kentucky. And then let's see, I'm going to go through the end of the month, and that might be it. Yep, that is, I'll go through that weekend. Sunday, April 1st, Returning Home, The Magic of Living in a Sacred World. Oh, that was the same one with, uh, it must be going over three days. Um, that's what Phil's Crot at the Rose Center also. Um, and then that is it. That is all I'm going to go through today. So uh, I'm going to play a song for you all. And like I said, afterwards, this weird road is coming up. So stay and listen. So I'm going to play Jack Montgomery and Water Sprite. And she moves through the fair. So everyone have a blessed evening. And we will talk to you next week. Home.
And I can't find the station reminder real quick. So this is Marilyn, and I just want to remind everyone that you're listening to Pagan's Tonight Radio Network. Um, and this weird road is next. And here we go. Everyone enjoy the guys, and we'll, I'll see you next week. It's a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life for us. Instead of kisses, we get it. Instead of bitches, we probably get sued. Please don't sue us, anyone. But welcome to this weird road. That's all Hammerheart. And that's Bully Thorn. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, we're sitting around here having a good time. And or sort of trying to. Sort of emphasizing the uh, point of today's show. Yep. Believe it or not, the silly opening actually kind of had a point this week. I know it's a shocker, but... Uh, it's hard out there being a heathen or 
if you're into Hammer films. Things that make folk not take us seriously. Yes, which, ironically, for a show where we want to talk about being taken seriously, the, t the title makes you go, don't take us seriously. But, hi, have you ever seen our show? Um, Probably not, because it's a... Well, heard our podcast? show, I guess. Yeah. It's the uh, vocal thingy? No. If you're uh, going to do it, do it right. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, for all our levity, case in point, uh, that, that, you know... The, and levity's fine. It definitely don't take yourself seriously throughout life constantly. Hell. You'll go nuts. It saved Asgard. Yeah. From an angry giantess. Who was who was about to fuck a bunch of people up. True. So and levity then, has its place, but... There was a goat involved. Testicles. Isn't there always a goat involved? No, that's that's when we're Satanists. Oh, oh. Um, Pew. Um, but, like I said, for all our levity, and levity's one thing, but there's a difference between, you know, joking around and not being taken seriously for what, who you are or what you believe. Right. And, and that's the core of what today is about. We, is, while, while discussing, uh, the topic for the show today, uh, I mentioned, I was like, well, we have two things that, uh, two major categories as to why people don't take it seriously, and I said, besides us. Yeah. Two reasons besides the two of us that people don't take us seriously. And well, we actually realized that really everything else falls under the umbrella of those categories. Of those two. But we have white supremacists. Yeah, people don't want to take us seriously as a, as a spiritual path because most of what the people outside of the path know, unfortunately, was what they see in the news, which of course... In American is, History X also. Yeah, which, actually, the, which is of course the, uh, the white supremacists. Actually a really good movie, but... And um, Veruza Balk, like the prettiest ugly girl or the ugliest pretty girl. I'm not really sure. It's a great like, area. Like, she's incredibly attractive, and I know we're way off topic. In a very unconventional way. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and the, the second one, which Rada Reel is in. Well, um, I know, that kind of leads into it, is the media. Yeah, the second one is, is media or pop culture kind, yeah. of, kind of falls together. This, I saw Ragnarok yesterday, and... Uh, and I've no, seen it as well. And no, it, no, I don't mean in the vision sense, as because I've done that since I was a kid. Yeah. But, I mean the movie. Yeah, if, if you meant the other one, I'd kind of be freaking out a tiny bit right now and be going home to grab my shields. Yeah. Uh, but, stopping it. That, yeah, you know, when it comes, it comes. But that's, that, you know, topic yeah. for later. Um, Which I yeah, really want to do. Actually, everyone, um interrupting this broadcast because I started playing the wrong one. <laughs> I played last week, and I just realized, or two weeks ago. So here is the correct one about being heathen in the workplace. I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to tonight's event. In this corner, wearing the money-colored tights, we have Corporate America. And in this corner... Weighing uh, entirely too much. We have this weird road with Offenballer! Let's get ready to rumble! A beast with two beards. Ugh. <laughs> leave, leave your mom out of this. Oh. I'm sorry. You know she'll Esther, beat you up for that. Uh, Esther, don't uh, kill me. We're uh, talking shit about your mom. <laughs> Evelyn. Oh, crap. <laughs> and that's what kind of messed up uh, headspace we're in already. Uh, how you doing out there, folks? Welcome to This Weird Road. I am still, as always, your not-so-at-times humble host who apparently can't talk today. It's every Hammer day. You, you say that every time. I know, I but it, like, it's today. I think it's Ooh. worse when I have the radio in front of us. Or the computer. 
and the babbling monkey next to me is Bully Thorn. Yep. Uh, today we have probably a mostly silent guest of uh, the Goblin King. Hi, how are you? Say hello. Hey. All right. Apparently somebody uh, kicked him across the room right as we asked that. Today's topic is basically going to be paganism or heathenry in, in the, the workplace. workplace. Uh, and the Goblin King is especially qualified for this because he's been pagan as long as I have been. And the man works like a Jamaican. Yeah, and he's Any been, of you who remember the show In Living Color knows that I am making a reference from yeah. there. He, the man really does work like a hoss. He's uh, been in the same industry, what, for like 25 years? years? Going over 25 years now. And he's been pagan as long as he's been able to work longer, in fact. But so I've found myself to be pretty fortunate that I've been in the restaurant and bar industry for as long as I have. And Okay, swing, swing around this way and uncover your face. Most of what I've experienced as far as the topic is concerned has been pretty positive because we have a lot of uh, people that are, consider themselves heathen or pagan in the industry. Right. So. Well, yours yours has been fairly positive. Mine has not been. So this is uh, a, a good, a good place. Yeah, a good place to start. But uh, this time we do still want to come on. We want to cover a, a current event. Which has been this uh, this bill that was written initially to let uh, bigots not serve people. Yeah, and it's uh, I've gone. I've seen about that. Oh, it's it's gone horrible places now. It basically they can uh, discriminate against you however they want. Yeah, uh, I mean when you get I to mean, the point medically, where medically it's it's well, medical is where it's gotten to now. Well, that see for me that was the that's the top tier. Yeah, because you have people who your life is literally in their hands, and they can say, well, I know that time is of the essence. I'm going to drag my ass so that you can die yeah, before they, calling in someone who well, could actually help. Well, they can literally say, hey, because we're a, it's usually Catholic run, because we're a religious institute whose beliefs don't jive with what you do or don't believe in this, in whatever case, we're not going to, like, Women can come in <clears throat> needing a uh, miscarriage to be finished because they're hemorrhaging, and that can kill the woman. And they can literally say, no, that requires us to do an abortion to finish the miscarriage. And even though the baby is definitely dead and it w could kill you, we're not going to do it. Right. I'm in the, the thing the, the thing was, I believe, initially pitched having nothing to do with religion and more so to do with uh, transgendered people, because mm -hmm. that's who it that's who they initially targeted. So it was kind of aimed at at first uh, in some but respects. But when they or or with homosexual people, because they it starts with this whole we don't want to make a cake for a gay wedding. And I I'm guess like, that's the, the that, well, I mean, grassroots that, of where it started, but it's gotten so beyond that. Well, that's what I'm saying. We we need to examine this from the beginning to the to the end. The beginning is, oh no, you have to go to a different caterer. Which, honestly, I don't want to give my money to people who are so hateful. Right. I mean, and I'm a pretty hateful dude. I, there's a lot of people and things you know, that I, hate, I do not like. You're not hateful. You're an asshole. There's a difference. But anyway, I hate how much of an asshole I am. Okay, so do a lot of us. But you know. Yeah. Well. You know, um, if you're in the business of making money and you turn somebody down because they don't 
Fake like you do? Yeah. And you're an idiot as well as a bigot because business should be about making profit and right. serving people what exactly what they want, no matter race, creed, or gender. Yeah. Their their money is all still green. Yeah, but unfortunately, basically, this uh, bigoted movement, quite frankly, this bigoted bill and thinking in government has gone from we won't bake your cakes or your pizza to, well, oh, we have excuses now if you're a server to fire you because you're ready to hit that key or first, all the way up to uh, well, where it is now. Here's the thing. With this, medical This stuff case being, is the ultimate example of you hear people use the slippery slope defense in arguments. Mm-hmm. This is the ultimate showcase of that. Ultimate it started out. Of it. it started out with, Oh, I don't want to make your cake. Something incredibly trivial. Right. You, you, your baker doesn't want to make a you make your wedding cake. You find someone else who does want to. Tell them why the other person didn't want to do it, and chances are you're going to get it cheaper. Okay? They're going to be like, hey, screw that guy. Screw my competition. Send all your friends I'm my saying, way. Yeah, exactly. And the person who's willing to do it's going to be like more business. Right. So, you know, so in that circumstance, circumstance, it's BS and it's annoying, but it is avoidable. It is workaroundable. Right. So, but you start with the government backing them up on that. Mm -hmm. And then everybody has said, and the the snowball defense gets used a lot uh, in cases where it does, or uh, slippery slope, Mm -hmm. they're kind of the same thing. Where most people are like, ah, that's bullcrap and it's not going to happen. Most of the time, blessedly, they're right. Uh, but that's not always the case. But then you have this instance here where it started out as something absolutely trivial and has ended up with doctors can literally let you die or maybe even kill you themselves because, because, their, because their imaginary friend isn't the same as your imaginary friend. And, and I mean, it's... It sounds... The, yeah, I, I don't mean it that way. It's just... But it shows how, I don't know if numb is the word yet, but definitely how dismissive as a society we are of certain things, and we really shouldn't be, because it's like you said, yes, some people did get up in arms over the cake and pizza stuff that happened, you know, because there was also a not yeah. yeah. Uh, But not enough to, people were like, oh, we we hollered about it for a few minutes, it's past that, they found a way around it, move on, don't worry about it, it's not going to, but because people... We're like, I'll move on and didn't pay attention to it. It bloomed up. Well, that's that's the problem is the people who are on the bigoted side are very passionate about it and and very vocal. Yep. And the people who were just like, eh, say la vie, the people who are in the right are dispassionate. And there's actually one one direct person uh, connected to both ends of this story because yeah. we well because we started with you, you started with the roots of you know the not baking cake or pizza yeah. which both happened in the same state uh, which was under at then governor Mike Pence Ugh, that and people. now what a coinky dink he's in the White House as our Veep and now this thing moves up to the medical tier now and I want to give people an example of a story that uh, that did happen now this is an extreme case. We're not at this point yet, but it's it's a where this could easily go uh, in Ireland because Ireland is a complete Catholic country. Well, and and 
but all they're medical not, they're not a theocracy. They are still a democracy. But right, but they call themselves a Catholic country, and all the medical stuff and everything adheres to it over there. And a woman uh, went went in who was hemorrhaging from a miscarriage. For uh, she was, you know, they were like, we're not, we're not going to do that. We'll give you this. They admitted her to the hospital and gave her some care, but right. she was basically sick for days because of it. And because of basically have having a dying entity in her body, and she she did die. No, oh. she died because they would. That's what I said. This is an extreme case. She she died because they would not give her the uh, abortion she needed to complete. They would not complete the miscarriage so that she could live, since they knew the baby was dead anyway or dying. In in this case, the fetal matter was dying. Fetal, yeah, I said it right. Fetal, the fetus was dying. Um, but they, it's ironic because people like this who defend these laws say it's because they care about the sanctity of the life of the of the fetus. But what about the life of the mother? What about, the, you've got two lives well, in the balance there. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but women don't have souls. Yeah, to people like that, the but, women don't matter. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's how they approach it, that the women don't have well, souls. The not women are, that. Once a, women are just objects. Is, is a thing. child, they, they don't want to care. They forget about it anyhow. Oh well, if I that if that mean, kid wants it. to eat, he should have got a job. It's yeah. like, well, he's an infant, so well, that's a little difficult. There's a thing, uh, unless you're gonna go like uh, the Serbian film kind of route. There's not a lot of work for babies. Uh, I've heard enough disturbing things about that movie that we're moving right past that. Yeah, for one, we usually don't spend eleven minutes on our current event anyway. So, well, I meant we were moving right past the Serbian film thing. But, right. Uh, well, I'm saying we need to move on into our topic. Um, but uh, I, I will give a shameless plug here, though, real quick. If you guys want to know more about that topic, and you should, yeah, uh, listen to the most. Go into the archives here on PTRN and listen to the most it's recent episode. Why well, at this point, I guess it won't be the most recent episode, but it'll be labeled. There's an episode from the ladies over at the Tree of Life Hour. Actually, it's from Raven and myself because Samara couldn't make it that week due to family tragedy. But uh, go over there and you listen did to it, our you show. Did a show without me? Yes. Oh, Daddy. Uh, oh. Go over there and listen to our show on it. Now I need to go take a shower. Uh, Raven gives, I would say we give a lot more information, but the fact is Raven gives a lot more information. And I rant about how we need to wake up about the bad situation this is putting us in. But go over there and check that out for more information on this bill. And now to our show topic. Uh, Corporate America is sort of related. Raping the Constitution. Um, Something recently that has happened is uh, they have passed a bill now to where restaurant owners get to proclaim the rights of all tips made and get the choice to distribute out amongst the workers. You have got to... Well, I mean, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Well, it kind of does because if they're biased against somebody for their religious beliefs, they can be cut out of uh, of of equal, they don't pay. Yeah, neither. That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, I had heard about the the server thing, but I hadn't thought about it from the perspective he just threw out. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's that's kind of a combination of these two events. Yeah. Exactly. People really don't, and we sound like some tinfoil hat-wearing mofos today, but people don't really realize how how connected 
all these things are and how they are related. Yeah. So chain reaction. You're a chain reaction. Uh, no, wait, you're no, a chain reaction. I'm chain smoke. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. He tried to smoke a chain once too, but he was real drunk. That's a different thing. Um, I caught in my throat. It was bad. All right. Well, let's we'll do this. Get there, folks, let's do this uh, this way. You've had the most positive interactions, as you said before. The restaurant industry seems to be fairly loose, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of non-Christian uh, workers. It's just a uh, diverse. Uh, yeah. This is what America is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Greasy? Well, I, I, guess, if you're, I guess if you're in Chicago or New York, that qualifies. Oh. Bad goblin. I don't know if we have any listeners there. <laughs> we don't even know if we have any listeners. Nothing mm. wrong with being greasy. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyhow. I make a good living at it. Maybe, we, maybe we're the ones that took that the wrong way. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, probably. I mean, like, have you? You say it's more diverse, and does it seem to be more accepting? Like, have you had overtly Christian leadership that still is okay with their Mohawk having uh, pixie worshiping pagans? Yeah, on uh, both aspects, actually. I mean, when I worked on Barstow Road, a place I won't mention. It was uh, yeah. kind of like that. I mean, they was very uh, Catholic and from Ireland, and they seem to accept just about everybody. Right. Even though they did still try to force prayer and stuff like that. When we had company functions, which usually got under my skin, but... Yeah, I recently found out that uh, that the other job, by the way, is ridiculously Christian. Like, I opened up the uh, website to try and get to my paychecks, and uh, they had a uh, prayer group. Like, they had a uh, prayer request form. Like, I had to dig to find my pay information on the website, but the prayer group request form is on the front page. Wow. I'm like... One of these things is not okay. Well, yeah, that's, uh, God would trust, don't you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the great, the great green dollar, you know, the great green God is the one that they trust. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I thank you very much. Anyhow. It's going to be the problem is church and state aren't so separate anymore. I'm not really sure that they've ever been completely, at least not the way that they should be. Uh, but it is getting worse. Basically because it's initially people didn't believe that it was their place to tell others how to live their lives and the government backed that idea up. It's like, yeah, it's not your place to tell them how to live their lives. You can have an opinion, but that opinion can't affect policy. And see, I don't have as big a dog in this fight right now as the two of you because due to my physical situation, I haven't worked in a while. And the last time I... Sexy? I, I do work sexy. But uh, the last time I held a regular 9-to-5 type job, I was still Christian. But my worries it, that, I, that I can voice because 
my wife is still part of the workforce, for one thing, so are many of my friends, obviously. Um, so is, more is it, you know, you're saying you've had good experiences, Goblin, so far, and I know uh, you're going to talk in a bit, Bully, about some not-so-good ones you've had, both recently and in the past. My worry is how much worse it could get, even even in the even in the public service industry where you say it's pretty good at the moment, Goblin, how much worse it could get because of this this new bill being passed and the things it's going to do, not just in the medical industry, but all the way down the line. That's going to have, you know, I said earlier, ripples implications in the pond. all across. That's going to have implications yeah. and ripples all the way down and back up. So that that's why the topic, the, uh, sorry, I'm having a bit of a brain spinny day. That's why our uh, current event, though it may seem unrelated, is very related to today's topic. Yeah. Because this could make the workplace a lot worse for those of non-Christian faiths. Right. Well, I see it getting tangled up into non-discrimination uh, and workers' rights, too. Yeah. Those yeah. two are going to go head-to-head. -head. Well, I mean, at what point do you have them attacking the ADA, saying, oh, well, God clearly doesn't favor you or you wouldn't have a disability? Right. That could happen. And also, what if, like, because the workers it's going to impact most uh, immediately is going to obviously be healthcare workers. What do you do if you're now not a not a lot of medical people have unions, but they do exist. They well, do exist within medical it, places. It's and what illegal to to unionize in a hospital, which may change now. Yes, yeah. could be one of the things that backfires on them. Okay, it well, could change now because initially it was against the laws to do it because you had people's lives on the line. You true. couldn't you couldn't walk out. Okay, well, okay, let's take it another way then, though, because obviously this, like we say, this, uh, you even said it's already affecting, uh, there, there are things out there that are affecting discriminatorily the uh, workers in restaurants and things like that. What do you do if one of these people who now has the legal right to say, you, you don't get to do such and such, or I don't have to do such and such with you because your beliefs aren't the same as mine, what do you do if you've got a problem with them and you go to your, you are in a line of work where there's union, and you go to your union rep, and your union rep is like... Backs them up. Yeah, backs them up. It doesn't yeah. agree with my my beliefs either. Then what do you do? You're left hanging in the wind, you know, uh, with your you livelihood get, dangling out. You get your attorney and take it all the way to the Supreme Court if you have to, because they're still workers' rights. But at this point, though, the the Supreme Court might still also... thing is, is they the, the protections that everyone had in place for religious discrimination has gone away yeah and my 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 fear really again is or my worry is that what's going to have to happen to bring this to supreme court level and really bring it to attention where people go oh maybe we shouldn't have done that and make it a, a big enough thing to maybe be looked at again is it's going to take not just a death but a lot of deaths within the medical complex if you will something it, it horrible be. is going to have to happen for a where a bunch of people end up dying because of this or in right. horrible, horrible, close-to-death medical care because of this before finally somebody goes, wait a minute, takes the Supreme Court and goes, wait, when did we get here? Yeah. I mean, that, well, isn't that going against our constitutional rights? So This administration has wiped their ass with the Constitution at every turn. Now, I've heard... And they've pissed all over our... The, the rights of the people and the workers, quite frankly. I've heard, last I've heard too many people claiming that Obama was with the Bill of Rights. And I'm like, uh, he passed exactly zero bills involving the removal of your rights. 
uh, he was a constitutional lawyer before getting into Congress. Mm-hmm. He was in Congress for, what was it, three years, I think, before becoming president. That's right. Yeah. It, it was the shortest congressional to presidential jump. In history. Yeah, well, I mean, except for, you know, like, obviously the first few presidents. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but anyhow, um, anyhow, we we get to this point where we've had so many people just taking for granted that their opinion means more than the job that they do, more than the Constitution, anything else. And this is a modern societal issue. We have people who, who attach their ideas to their being. Like, if you attack, it, it used to be that you could argue with someone about their thoughts and about their ideas, and it was not the same thing as attacking them as a person. Right, you could have a debate over it rather yeah. than an argument, really. And, and now it's gotten to the point where people have so little self-value that they attribute everything to their ideas. Nothing is... There, there's no separation between their ideas and their so if your so if your ideas are different from theirs, you're attacking their ideas, and if you're attacking their ideas, you're attacking them. Everything's exactly. personal now. Yeah, everything is personal. But we're the snowflakes. Yeah, and uh, I think it's uh, you, to to kind uh, of be the moderator. Don't here. even get me. You guys me. both then do you both see reflections of that in your workplaces now? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, well, you said you've had some bad experience, but right. why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, we've got like six minutes till break, so... Apparently we'll it's going to be a long story, folks, but those are usually well, the best. Yeah, but I have two major ones, and one was a loss on my part, and one was a victory. And okay, well, those are, they've, those happened, in the, they've happened in the right order. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, you guys couldn't see it, but I gave thumbs up. I don't know why yeah. I do physical things when we're on the air. Because you and I both are very animated when we talk. Uh, We're just animated, period. We're actually both very close to being actual cartoons, is the truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to to really expand yours because the good news is that because they're accepting, there's very little conflict. So without Uh, the conflict... Well, I know working in a kitchen, it's all conflict, but but it's not based on on your protected rights. It's based on, hey, you're taking too long. Get these orders out. That was me trying to ring I mean, a bell. Not I've had my sure both, so, I mean. Right. Okay. It's still about something you want to just openly broadcast, like, hey. <laughs> well, no, we're using fake names here. Well, yours is a fake name. Ours are really, I don't know. God. People at work <laughs> don't call you Goblin. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you could you could say, what what is an instance that you feel your religion was focused on more than say your work ethic? Uh, a company meetings for one. Never yeah, because they kind of the prayer. And uh, yeah, they kind of look down on you if you don't get involved. You don't other, other than like hairy eyeball and sideline looks. Has anybody ever said anything to you about not participating in the prayers? Like, has it ever affected your job? Uh, not overtly, but I think kind of underlined it has. Like, like maybe you get fewer hours or... Yeah. Or, you, or a, you just get crap details because or duties because... You're not on a high priority list, you know. Right. 
you get the hours and shifts nobody wants, and you think maybe that might Basically. be related to it. So, uh, well, and see, we, I've not we're had... supposed to live in an enlightened society, and stuff like this is proof that we so don't. Right. We're so far from enlightenment still. But at I, least there are still folks fighting for it. I mean, well, the the problem is the people who, the people who are on the right side of this are passive because we're the people who are like, ah, you know, you're going to do your thing, I'm going to do mine. But the problem is, is the more they do their thing, the less I'm capable of doing mine. Um, and, well, one of my worst experiences was one of my first jobs at a fast food place, and the owner, he was a real militant Christian. Kind oh, of, that's a good combination. Kind of reminded me of Flanders from Simpsons. Oh, get late. But just like him, kind of talk like him too, and uh, he would like to preach to us every day before our shift started. So and yeah, I've I've had a job where uh, where prayer was at the beginning of the of I, the shift. I could see where that was annoying, but how was that bad for you? You said it's a bad experience. What you know, elaborate on us. What what bad ramifications did it have because you were weren't Christian and he was? Well, for one, he always had it out for me. Oh, so micromanaging he, for one. He knew you weren't Christian and was just. Always kind of after cracking you. the whip and uh, got where, you under a microscope. Whereas he well, wasn't, you say, and, assume, you know, I knew other employees doing exactly. That. And I knew you as a teenager. You had just as good a work ethic then. Well, there's at least one instance I could think of that wasn't and made me never want to eat there again. But <laughs> put that aside. That he's aside, always had the had a good work ethic of anybody we've known. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. I have seen people get ignored that are doing bad things so that they can spend their time focusing on you to make sure you're not doing anything ungodly. I say that'll be the worst of my experiences because I've seen I've gotten that a lot. Mm. Yeah. Uh y'all didn't hear me say that. Of course he would also uh sit up on an expressway and watch the story with a pair of binoculars too. Uh oh that's just flat out paranoia period. For a friend uh, employee from him and such. At um, I've had it at security jobs where supervisors will wait in the parking lot. Uh, currently, I have one where the boss, the the operations manager, has four cars, and will like he'll come visit and do his paperwork and everything like he's supposed to do in one vehicle. Then he'll go back pick up a different vehicle, and come wait on the lot to watch you. Now, wow. I've seen him uh, fire somebody for bringing the competition's food into the establishment. But, uh... Oh, I can't actually talk about that. I'll tell you off the air about a similar thing. I got in a ride home from him one night, and guess what I found in the backseat of his car? <laughs> competition food. Yeah. Wow. And what but a this, is, this isn't your current job. This is way no, back this in the was day, one of right? my Yeah. I, I know. What, like 20, I 20 or so years ago? But uh, all right, uh, that was still actually concentrating uh, partially on our show topic and partially on the current event. So that's well, well, but, uh, but that's good. Point, that's going to meander over. If the you whole remember, thing, so the whole when we brought up doing current events, it was supposed yeah. to be things that were related to the show. Yeah, exactly. That's why so, I said it's going to meander over. So uh, all right, we're coming at at twenty nine minutes yeah, here. So it's about that time. So uh, we're going to go ahead and cut for a break. We will see you folks back here in just a little bit. All right. Uh, Please stick with us. There will only be a minimum amount of running, I promise. We'll be uh, here. If you're listening to us on uh, 
PTRN, thank you. I'm sure they appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube, uh, please go ahead and put the hammer down on that subscribe button. Thanks. We'll be back shortly. How about the bell? Shut up.
coming at you like a throat punch to society, it's This Weird Road with Ulf Hammerheart and Bully Thorne. And today's special guest, the Goblin King. Hey! Alright, so uh, I said before we ended the last segment that I would get into uh, the one really bad thing I've had and then the good thing I've had as far as the workplace stuff goes. Um, when I was 19 years old, I worked for an auto parts warehouse that the owner was a pastor. His sons, who also worked there, were were very into the church. Like, they were all... They were deacons or something, yeah. I think, weren't they? Yeah. Because yeah. I knew you were doing deacon, this. Deacon, that's obviously. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not pastor, deacon. Um, so, I understood that, and I, I tried to... You know, keep my mouth shut about most things. It's hard for me to do. do. You know, like 12 hours a day, six days a week. It was incredibly hard for me to do. Uh, But I did. And we were coming up on the first Halloween that I was there. Now, I wasn't yet heathen at this point, but I was pagan. And I, I went to the owner's son, who was my direct boss. And uh, I was like, hey, I want to take Halloween off. I was like, I, I don't need to use any vacation time or anything like that. I just need it to not count against me. And it confused him. And he's like, well, you know, I, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, it's a religious holiday for me. And this is the first real instance I didn't hide it, but it's the first time that I really put it out there. Yeah, that you were basically to his face going, Hi, I'm a religion that isn't yours? Yeah. Um, so, I said, you know, I said, yeah, it's a religious holiday for me, and I need to take it off. I'm like, because we didn't really get vacation time there. It was kind of like, you could have a week off, but they only paid, they paid it like it was um uh, like when you get injured, like workman's comp. They, you, you got a percentage of what you made, but that's because they'd pay you straight a straight 40, but I didn't work 40 hours a week there, okay? But I just wanted one day off. And I believe that year it was on like a Monday or something like that. So I would have just had a long weekend. And he goes, well, you know, Bully, see, I didn't do it. He's like, you know, Bully, I absolutely worship the beginning of deer season. And I was stunned. I was like completely flabbergasted. And I said, did you just compare my religion to deer season? And he goes, well, yeah, I mean, they're kind of the same thing. And I'm like, not at all. And I said, and I stammered for a second. And I was like, we'll go downstairs and calm down. I'll be back. So I did. I went downstairs and I paced and I fumed. And I kicked the propane can and all this other stuff, right? Hopefully an empty one. Well, it doesn't make the same noise if it's full. You want an empty one. You want one that's going to sound... So I I do this. I have my little tantrum by myself. And I go back upstairs and I'm like, look. I know you're speaking like from a place of ignorance, but we need to straighten this out or I'm going to have to put in my two weeks notice. And he just, it didn't sink into him that he was in the wrong at all. Or that he was insulting you. Yeah, he was just so 
flippant about it. And he was like, well, you know, they're the same thing. And I'm like, nope. No. You know? And not you, Georgie. <laughs> Georgie stopped and looked like, what did I do? Georgie being one of the dogs yeah. in our immediate vicinity. And trust me, that's actually uh, more priceless viewers if you could see the look on Molly's face when he does the whole no thing. Yeah. So so I went back and started, and I was like, okay, look, this isn't going to work if you don't know, uh, you know, if you don't accept this. And I'm going to have to put in my two weeks' notice. And he was like, okay, well, we're going to hate to see you go. Like, that was his answer. Wow. He was, uh, no, there was no he was that ready trying to, let you, to fix the problem. He, he was that ready to let you go for observing your religious beliefs. Right. Wow, that's messed up. Yeah. And probably so, far too common. Probably. Um, so now, here we are years later, and uh, I got a job at a security company, and um, the the operations manager, at, well, at first they told me I'd have to shave, and I kind of buckled because I really needed the job. Right. And I had like two and a half years, three years worth of growth going. I liked what I had out there. So anyway, but I did it reluctantly. And then I'm like, no, I know there is some protection for this. So I went looking, and it is, uh, and I've mentioned it in a uh, Taking Bully by the Horn. Uh, it's Yes. It is uh, Title Seven of the... Um, thingy. I'd have to look it back up because I've had a lot of concussions. So, it's true, yes. um, I'd have to, but it, you know, it's Title Seven, and uh, it is basically religious garb and religious practice uh, protections that are already in place um, and have been for like 50 years. So, I, I start growing my beard back. Like I told him then, I'm like, yeah, this is the last time I'm shaving. So I've got a couple of weeks of growth on me right now. And um, last time I saw him, he's like, oh, you know, we're going to have to do something about the beard. And I was like, nope. Laid down my information. I'm like, read all about it. Here you go. And uh, he hasn't said anything else to me since. And, I, you know, I keep it neat. Anyway, I keep it right. I don't let it get yeah. Things. I don't let it get long and shaggy. But he's like, well, we maintain we maintain a military, and I'm like, doesn't matter. Here, now this is again the same people who allowed a guy to have a giant unkempt beard because he's Muslim, and I'm like, dude, I just do this. I said it is part of a social practice among my people. I said, and there is historical relevance to it, yeah. and you we've been over that part before. of your past, you know. Right. It, it, um, as we've talked before on the show, it it re, it isn't part of the spiritual path, but it relates. So a lot of heathen males do tend to sport the beard. The so you, whole, you, you can't to swing it. a dead goat at a heathen gathering without hitting, <laughs> uh, without hitting yeah, a bearded beard. guy. Yeah. The whole clean shaven thing is just a baby boomer, boomer concept, anyhow, because I work in the food industry and. Where it would matter because yeah. you could, in fact, be getting hair in food and everything like that, and you you have a beard, and just about everybody else I work with too. So, yeah. so that's really funny to see the industry. Yeah, in the industry where it does have some uh, some weight to it, 
Something significant? <laughs> yeah, it, it gets kind of ignored. And in mine, dude, I work with all truckers. That I have beer's gained, not going to bother them. Yeah, I've gained more respect among them. Now, maybe that's just time passing, but I I have dealt in the past with people with the beard, without the beard, and people treat me very differently when I'm clean shaven. And it is not with more respect. Well, I think some of that could be uh, <coughs> because you like it. This isn't the case for all people, but I know you and I share one thing in common without the beard, and that's where baby faces all get out. Mm-hmm. So you look a good deal younger without your facial hair. So I'm going to guess that's probably why you get treated different uh, with it, between with it and without it. Probably. Well, it's definitely a factor, but... I wouldn't, I can't honestly remember if I get treated any different because it's been a long time since I've gone without some form of facial hair. Right. At least a mustache at the very least, so. Well, this isn't about a religious thing. Uh, Well, I mean, it was for me because that's why I keep facial hair. But uh, at a previous job at a hospital, Mm -hmm. um, we had one of our monthly meetings, which only happened three times in five years. So not exactly monthly. Meetings that were supposed to be monthly? Yeah. Um, the the supervisor, yeah, he wasn't even like the manager or anything. He was just a supervisor at that site. Um, was clean shaven all the time. And it worked for him. Okay, He looked weird when he did have stubble and stuff like that. Right. But I'm in a room. I'm the only bearded person in the room. And the only other mustache in the room is this little John Waters pencil thin thing going across one of the guy's lips. And uh, James Davenport, I don't mind putting his name out there because fuck him, um, is speaking in a general term. or And he's like, personally, I think people with beards look stupid. His facial hair really... A mustache is okay, but beards are just stupid. People with beards are stupid. And I'm sitting there and I look uh, all around the room and I'm like, uh, did you just call me stupid, Jimmy? Jimmy? He's like, no, no, no. Just people with beards look stupid. And I'm like, I'm the only person in this room with facial hair. And he got a little quiet and I'm like, look, it's not my fault that you're not masculine enough to grow a beard and that that really has nothing to do with it but i needed i needed you to needed jab that extra him jab, that extra giant yeah uh so i'm like you know it's not my fault that you okay. don't produce enough to, enough testosterone to grow a beard yeah and everybody's trying to not look ashamed and not crawl up their own butts as the two of us are talking about this of course the same guy he's the only one in the room who would be able to do uh military timed run and stuff like that and he's going on and on about how if he had his way if you couldn't pass uh, a physical uh endurance test and that you he you'd be fired you'd have like two months to get up to snuff and then you're fired he'd have had nobody else working with him right i mean he was literally the only person there that could do it of course he was a cowboy uh, he thinks that only people with uh, military or police backgrounds are worthy of jobs. Like, everybody else needs to just, like, work for them or something. I don't know. Uh, he's an idiot. He was also called... Definitely sounds like it. 
Yeah, there's a reason he was no longer a cop, even though he was still young and fit enough to still be a cop. Right. He's obviously doing something I won't, shady. I won't say exactly what it is, but it did involve a 15-year-old girl in his cruiser. Usually does. Bang. Uh, yeah. So, back, did, I, did I just say all that out loud with his name, James Davenport? Back, back over to the topicalness of topic. That kind of was on topic. It was about the beard. Uh, which was a religious practice for me, and he did influence my job. True. But do do you folks or you guys uh, have any tips for people who are encounter who encounter the negativity uh, due to their choice to be heathen or generally pagan uh, in the workplace? Any any tips on combating it? Because obviously in the workplace you can't. It, it's definitely a bad idea to get physically combative, and a lot of times. It's it's uh, depending on where you work and what you do and et cetera. It's probably a bad idea to get verbally combative. Uh, so, do you guys have any tips for way other ways to to counter this that they can stand up? I mean, obviously you brought up a good one of, of you brought documentation and paperwork yeah. and proof to say this is why I want to keep the beard. This is why the regulations of our workplace say I can keep the beard. You right. know, so that, so that's definitely one good tactic is, is you know back yourself up with. With, with documentation and facts. If you're lucky enough to have a place that has a decent HR uh, department, seek them out because higher up, superior HR, and more to nine times out of ten, it'll be on their side, especially if they're in a violation of your uh, worker rights. Well, now the problem with like where I'm at now, uh, even though their uh, even though their policy books say that they uh, will not tolerate nepotism or anything like that the president of the company is married to the cfo and they have family members all the way down the line uh so they do not practice what they preach that's the majority of places i've seen what what kills me is the president and owner of the company is a scotsman and he is the one who pushes the whole clean-shaven thing. Implemented as an old beard policy? Or yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? You have to be the only man from Scotland without a beard. Like, I've, I've met one, at least one. No. Apparently I'm not was it a baby? No, he was not a baby. Did he want to be a baby? I don't know. I didn't ask about his... Uh, about I didn't go his to his first first <laughs> uh, But, yeah, it just... Well, it definitely it befuddles me. You know, as uh, Goblin mentioned earlier about just smart business practices, if you're going to implement something like that in a company, you know, definitely practice where you preach it. it if you're going to do it, don't you shouldn't. As, far too many people don't do this, but the fact is, if you're going to be a good leader, uh, which the head of a company should be a leader, uh, don't was, ask anything of those under you that you're not going to do yourself. You well, by, he doesn't have a beard. You got to lead by example. Yeah. But, I mean, you're talking about the other people who say, you know, no dating in the workplace, no hiring a family, and yet they've got family down the line, and the yeah. two who own it are married. That's, uh, uh, you know. That's a Republican party, ain't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're waving. We, with the, we are keeping the politics out yeah. of the you, show. You're, so. you're waving with the right hand and slapping them with the left. I mean. Yeah. Bag offering. Usually. Ah, most of the time. Well, good for a goblin, which is bad for everybody else. I would yeah, say it, just, it gets a little sticky. We won't go into that. I would say just know your rights. Don't be afraid to 
stand up for what is owed to you and just there, there is an there instance, is a certain level of people getting placated in the quietness about a lot of things like this. Yeah. You know, because people just don't want to rock the boat. But the fact is, sometimes you have to. Right. Well, and I'm not advocating the, the thing rocking is, the proverbial boat for the sake of doing that, but because that makes you an ass. It yeah. does. But and, and what I was going to experience say, right there, but it really is. But what I was going to say is that there are people who cannot afford to rock the boat. I was lucky in that this is a second job for me. So that even if I did lose it due to this, I would still have some income. Right. And would still to fall back on. And I could still, you know, I would have enough going for me that I could say approach the uh, American Civil Liberties uh, Association. Union, yeah. union Association. Yeah. Because lawyers yeah. always love to go after big corporations. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think my second job is not really a big corporation. They've only got a couple hundred employees. Right, legal so, seeking, seeking the legal route should probably be a last resort. But well, it depends on how flagrant they get about their refusal. Right, that is that's very true. And, but if flat out, if you lose your job over it, absolutely pursue it legally. Yeah, if, if it's a definite religious thing and you lose your job over it, you absolutely should pursue well, it. Well, and here's the thing: because it, people staying quiet about it and going, "Oh well, moving on to the next job," what, or why is what lets it happen to the next it, person, and, and it's what they count on. It's yeah. violating your constitutional they, rights, and it's violating your uh, workers' rights as well. State to state, vary in what workers' rights. But the Constitution is across are, the board, and I think the uh, the bill that we talked about at the beginning of the show, I think a lot of people who are going to use this to their advantage. Uh, quite frankly, are going to count on that. They're going to count on on their, and I'm using quotey fingers here, folks, their underlings being mean, placated into silence or yeah. stared into silence. Like, look, well, I'm the big, I'm the big boss, which is often in a lot of places the boss is the big boogeyman. So, so I'm the boogeyman. They're not going to say anything to me. Well, it's going to take people. People are going to need to stand up to that as early on as possible, so we can possibly avoid. The situations we were talking of earlier of it possibly taking deaths that's with an S multiple to to get something done about this in the court system to get this brought up and repealed because I, I I badly think it needs repeal to think it never should have happened but there, things, things like that unfortunately slip through a lot these days I and mean, I always have in politics as we said we're trying to get politics out of a little but politics is slightly at the core of what we're talking about. So it's a factor. So, you know, that's an important thing. I would say, like I said, I'm not in the, these fellow situations because my physical situation has kept me from working for a good number of years now. But always, you know, don't be silent when you know you're being stepped on. Uh, you know, sometimes... Be the dash. The, the dash, don't be silent. That's a private joke, kind of, but I get it. But, I mean, as Bowley said, some people aren't in positions to make noise even when they need to. But if you can't make your noise yourself, find a loophole. Get somebody to make noise for you. There, yeah, there's always you know, a way out. I understand out. if you're a single parent and this is the only job you get, the only income you've got. You can't be months without work. Now, I couldn't be months without work. Yeah. Even even if I had the other job, Yeah. I couldn't be months without a second job. Yeah, you'd have to start looking but, right away. But, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it you sometimes it unfortunately comes down to that crappy choice of do I've got I keep a lot of dead space in this show. Scar, go ahead. 
That's just my brain cells. Uh, sometimes it unfortunately comes down to that really crappy choice for people, and I really feel for those folks where you really do have to say, uh, do I stand up for my rights? Do I keep my job? Right. But and then, I can't imagine how hard that, that that can't ever be easy. So my sympathies to those that it, that this is going to put in that situation or who have in the past been put in that situation. I think it, it doesn't even have to just be your religious thing. It could no, be not at all. Your your sexual orientation, it could be um, anything. Your yeah, your color, lots, your gender. Oh, there are lots of things. Yeah, if you want to talk about people being discriminated against, people can discriminate. Humans can find lots of reasons to not like other humans. Even smokers have rights now to where they can't be discriminated against. Yeah, well, smoke. that's one of those that's sort of a choice. I, I don't necessarily know if yeah, I, I agree think, with that. I think that enters into a completely different realm of things because yeah, that that's a choice, not a not a not a right or a belief. People I guess some people could try to argue that your your spiritual path or your religion is a choice, but not in the same way that smoking is. But those far. same people would be like, But Jesus commands this. Your religious beliefs are a choice, mine are the right ones. And therefore, well, those are the kind of people dictated. that make problems. Yeah. And, and it really isn't always Christians. It's just, in our country at least, it's most vocally Christians. Right. Uh, I had a very good conversation the other day with one of the drivers who's Muslim. And it was funny because he announced it to me as if I was going to be surprised. Right. <clears throat> and he's like, I'm from the Middle East. I'm like, yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> and, uh, but he's a super cool guy. And he was talking about how, basically, he's here because he knows what it's like there. He was from Iraq. And he said uh, that, basically, he laid down things that I already knew. Like, Saddam Hussein was not nearly as bad of a leader as they said, but it is all based on this family hierarchy. Like, he was already setting up his sons to take over. Mm-hmm. Um stuff like that and he said but the thing that it was something that I knew but it still kind of surprised me that he said it out loud was that even in the school systems they tell you the West is your enemy not just America basically anyone that's not us is your enemy and he gets into the whole and he's like I don't hate anybody I, I don't do any of these things I'm not a terrorist he says but that's because I was lucky enough to get out from under it. Basically, it's feeding into what we've said before about how basically the rich taking advantage of the poor. And yeah, he said, the and ones they keep who rule, the, stepping on the ruled, basically. And he says the rich keep the poor so poor that it's easy to set them off. He says it's easy to point them at someone and say, this is your enemy, go blow them up. And we'll take care of your family. And he said that usually isn't the case. He says that when they do do that, the family is usually also brought in. Uh, you said to do. Yeah, I did. Uh, <clears throat> the family is brought in and also given basically the same spiel. It's like, oh, look, the West killed your father. You should go do something about that. Um, so yeah, I had I I love talks like this because it was one of those things. Where both of us work in industries where you spend a lot of time alone, but you're a talker. Yeah. 
So when we both found someone that we could talk to, to talk her to, you're like, oh hi. Ah! It was like, uh, like Big Dan in Old Brother. Big Dan T. Except that guy and turned out to it's be a just, jackhole. It's just population control is all it is. Well, it, it's not even that. If they keep, if they keep the the poor populace at everyone else's throats, they won't turn on them. Well, and the thing is, you know, he's talking about population control. The the thing is, actually, we are way the, off topic, but well, that's okay. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, we're I'm, kind of done. With I'm bringing. The topic, I'm actually like bringing us back around. Because three minutes here. So. I'm bringing us back around because with that with that rule about. Uh, you know, things be, being, people being able to discriminate because of beliefs, which would, can actually lead to a lot of, a lot less abortions and things like right. that, a lot less, uh, a lot less of uh, sexual contraception and things like that. We're looking at the opposite of population control. We're looking, you know, population is already kind of a problem. Right. You know, we're looking well, at a school of thought. Seven and a half gonna, billion people on the planet, and yeah, we're, we're we looking need at a that school to be cut thought, in half at least. And we're looking at a school of thought that could cause that to maybe not double, but increase by quite a significant number if if they have their if they have their way. You know, I mean, maybe I should have said uh, crowd control would have been a better crowd control is more what you were talking yeah. about. It was yeah. was about keeping the population placated. And Jack, yeah. Well, um, you, they're, they're keeping them off balance, basically, to where they can't rally against the actual enemy because they're being pushed towards the perceived enemy. Um, well, with, with just a few minutes left here to go, if I'm not mistaken, uh, do either of you gentlemen, and with the goblin, I have to use the term a little looser, but we love him, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say uh, regarding being pagan in the workplace? Um, pagans, if it, as it were. The best thing you can do, in, in my professional opinion, as a professional opinion giver, right, uh, is don't hide, but don't push it on people yeah, don't, either. Don't fraud it. Yeah, you I, don't, I've had yeah. that experience. If, if yeah, you don't need to necessarily need to walk through your workplace carrying a, 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 a hey, I'm heathen banner behind you. I was going to say like a, a sensor. Like, yeah, that either. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends on where you work. You may need the good smells, but, uh, if, if you're asked, if you're asked by a superior, don't say anything. Just like, seriously, just walk away from the conversation because it will not work out well for you. Uh, you can give them the opportunity to not be sued by walking away from it because they're not allowed legally to ask you. Exactly. Uh, now I I was very forthcoming with mine. I when he he was like, well, you know, this is our standard. I said, look, that may be, but this is what I am, and this is the standards that we use, and you're not allowed to. Uh, take our to, standards. Yeah, and, you you can't change that. And it's also standards that in no way will affect the quality of your job. Right. If anything, I'm better at my job when I feel better. Yeah, when because you're... I have to be able to project confidence. Right. In security, and if I'm feeling baby faced, that's not going to happen. Right. You're used to being a heel. Some people out there get that joke, and yeah. thank you if you do, especially Alex. Which oh. Mark was the face. So uh, the the only wrestler I know personally. Right. Uh, Goblin, anything to add? Just. Don't put it out there, but be honest about it. Somebody asks, and always be willing to share information if people are interested. 
But, you know, just just don't block it. Don't be an ass about it because then you're just being as bad as the yeah. next guy. Yeah, be be proud of it. Don't be ashamed of it. But there's be, no there's no need to to go, I'm pagan, want to fight about it? Come at me, bro. You, you, you have to find I think what I'm getting, guys, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is you have to find your own happy medium. Right. Of what works for you. You know, if you don't mind saying, yeah, yeah, you know, yes, I'm heathen, when you know it's probably going to cause the jackass to fire you, here's, go for it. Here's but, the thing. Some of that responsibility is on you, too, though. If you know you're pagan, right, or you know you're not Christian or whatever, so don't apply for jobs that you know that's going to be a problem at. I wouldn't go down down here and try to find a job at the at a church. Yeah, but the problem is that that the problem is in the future with the way things are going with this with this this rule and others like it can make that a little harder to do. If I had known the Great Red Overlord was uh was a Christian company, I probably wouldn't have applied to work there, is what I'm saying. There there are plenty of jobs out there. There are plenty of jobs out there because unemployment's high because companies are jackasses. Right. But no one should get yourself into it. Yeah. Don't if if you are very openly and very vocal about your paganism, don't go someplace where you know it's not wanted. Yeah, don't and then expect them to just suck it don't up. Don't unnecessarily get yourself in trouble, that's just silly. The only yeah. time it ever comes up in my workplace is when People are being overly Christian-y. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to kind of step back and like, look, not everybody's Christian, you know. That's usually how I start the conversation. Yeah. Well, okay, we have to wrap this up. Uh, so, listen, everyone, you can uh, meet us every third Friday at 5316 uh, uh, Bardstown Road at the Hibachi Sushi Buffet. Mm-hmm. That is our Heathen Moots. Um Hopefully there will be more of us at this upcoming one. Well, there would have to be someone there for there to be more because Patrick was the only one that yeah, showed there, up. there were two people at the last one. Um, but you can also get a hold of us on uh, uh, Facebook, Facebook at This Weird Road. And uh, also This Weird Road at, at gmail. gmail.com. You guys all do the Twitter, do you? Uh, we, we, we don't yet. If someone wants to start us a Twitter feed and... Do it. That would be fine. I'm not that guy. I, I don't have to. Me tweet neither. Um, you can not have anything against Twitter. I just don't have an account. You could also call the Tree of Life uh, listener line at five zero two two seven six five six six five. And we say this every week, but we really would love to hear from you, folks. Yep. Send us your emails or your Facebook comments or your, uh, you know, let us hear your lovely voices on the line and give us your opinions, good, bad, indifferent, and otherwise, or about like what just, we've done on shows, or give us ideas for show topics, or just tell us what kind of big bearded jerk faces you think we're being. All forms of uh, even criticism help, because you really don't get any better if you don't know what you're doing wrong. Right. So uh, that may have just been a big, huge invite to trolls, but so be it. Uh, we we slay trolls. We do. That's right, as long as people are talking about but, uh, it. I hope you, we hope you enjoyed the show, folks. Say your thing. Uh, be safe. May the gods grant you laughter, strength, and wisdom. Be yeah. safe until next we meet, my friends. And keep your wits as sharp as your swords, and put your hammer down on that uh, subscribe button. Thanks again. Kaboom! Later, taters. Gear
listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 